The Country Sport Breakfast with Brian Kelly on Gold Sport. Thanks to Collier's Rural and Agribusiness. Profit from the best advice. Colliersrural.co.nz On the show this morning, we're going to get a little bit of a history lesson before we look at our wine of the week. Michael Cooper joins us. Morning, Michael. Good morning, Brian. I want to talk about Villa Maria because there's been some... Some massive changes with Villa Maria, but that winery has been around a long, long time, hasn't it? Well, it certainly has been. Um, the, the date that they always um, mention is 1961, and that's when George Fistinich, now Sir George Fistinich, when he was about in his early 20s, made the first wine at Villa Maria. But actually his father had been making wine before that. Um, it was called Mountain Vineyards at Mungary. Um, and, and George actually was intending to be a builder, but his father got um, sort of uh, sick, and so George temporarily came back to help Dad, and of course was there ever since. Um, and and he in the sixties he sort of made wine of distinctly modest quality. The saying was, "Let Villa Maria introduce you to wine," but certainly from the nineteen eighties onwards, he got really serious about wine quality. And he was a great supporter of the wine competition system in which Villa Maria did consistently extremely well, you know, with, with sort of outperforming other companies in terms of the number of gold medals and trophies. So Villa Maria really has become a household name in New Zealand. And not only that, it's widely known around the world. I, re- I remember being in Frankfurt um, 10 years ago at the um, this world um, sort of book uh, Congress, where everyone goes to every year, mm. and I took the chance to look in the wine shops in Frankfurt, and the only New Zealand wine that I could see was Villa Maria. Wow! So in in more recent times, they've had a change of ownership. So you know, this was this was major, wasn't it? It certainly was. I must say, it is m- one of the most extraordinary things that I have ever seen in my career as a wine commentator. I think a, a lot of us didn't see it coming. Um, George had gone, um, uh, well, technically broke in the mid-1980s when there was an oversupply of wine, Um, but a lot of other, several other figures did as well, and he bounced back remarkably quickly. Within about a year of going into receivership uh, in the mid-80s, he bought what was then the Glenvale Winery and renamed it S Valley, and then seemed to go from strength to strength. He owned Vital as well, Um, but... Two years ago, um, Fistinich Family Wines, which owned Villa Maria, um, went into receivership with debts of over two hundred million. Wow! Um, and um, over a period of several months, finally, the receivers sold Villa Maria, um, but also the brands. Vital and S Valley, they were all sold to a company called Indivin, which is based in Marlborough. And so there was a lot of speculation within the wine industry as to what would happen to Villa Maria, because Indivin's history has been based on producing um, wines for supermarkets overseas, particularly uh, their in-house brands. Right. And so where Villa Maria has been sort of highly regarded as having built this well-respected brand with international profile, Indivin has been a more behind-the-scenes operator, um, you know, with some of its own brands that are not well-known to New Zealand, but particularly working with um, creating wines 
for overseas supermarkets to sell under the supermarket's um, own house brands. So the, the concern was, would Indivin um, continue the, the top-end operation, the strong brand building and the high-quality wine that um, Villa was famous for when it was owned by Sir George Fistonage? And the jury, I think, is still out on that because the fact that Indivin's only been in charge there for a year or two, I think it's still a bit too early to make mm. any major judgments. All right, so you've got a couple of wines of the week, some latest releases this week that you can recommend. Well, there's two in particular, um, a white and a red. Um, for those who love Pinot Gris, I strongly recommend Villa Maria Cellar Selection Marlborough Pinot Gris 2022. It's $19. It's, um, it's got everything that I look for in a Pinot Gris. It's invitingly fragrant. Um, it's full-bodied. It's vibrantly fruity. It's got strong flavours of peach, lychee and spice. It's got just a sliver of sweetness. So it's not a sweet wine, but it just gives it that attractive smoothness. Lively acidity, and it's got lots of drink young appeal. So for $19, I recommend that wine. Villa Maria, Cellar Selection, Marlborough, Pinot Gris, 2022. Right, and uh, you've got a very good red as well. Now, there's a red that I think offers even greater value. Um, S Valley, Gimlet Gravels, Merlot Cabernet Malbec 2020, which you can buy for $20. Wow. Now, the 2020 vintage was um, a really good one. And um, this offers great value. It's a blend of Merlot and Cabernet and Malbec, grown in the Gimlet Gravels, um, partly barrel-aged. It's deeply coloured. It's full-bodied. It's smooth. It's got concentrated, ripe flavours of black currants, plums and spices. Um, it's got a smooth and lengthy finish, and really, um, although it's drinking well now, it would be even better, say, if you bought a half a dozen and kept a few, say, until 2025. At $20, that wine is as good as many other wineries would charge 5 to $10 more for, and that's S Valley, Gimlet Gravels, Merlot, Cabernet Sauvignon, Malbec, 2020. Fantastic. Couple of great recommendations for the weekend, Michael. We'll talk again next week. Great, Brian. Everybody singing bottle of wine, fruit of the vine. When you're going